tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is the AfterBuzz TV After Show for ABC Scandal. Today, we're going to be recapping episode seven of season five titled Even the Devil Deserves a Second Chance. I'm your host, Cornelia, joined by two of my fabulous co-hosts. Guys, please introduce yourselves. Hey there, gladiators. I'm Sophia Stanley. Hi, I'm Bam Erickson. Let me just say that this music makes me want to bark <laughs> because... This is the, the Olivia and Fitz kissing music. So, you guys, I'm going to contain the sour burps. Especially because Emil is not here to subdue that. Ugh. But he will be back next week. Sour burps down. So, we start this episode off. We see that Fitz is giving, well, not starting it off, but in the middle of the episode, Fitz is giving the Medal of Freedom to a Mr. Frank Holland, who is a philanthropist. He's a humanitarian. He is a writer and professor. He is also very vocal in regards to women's rights, women's education, everything involving a woman. He's like a feminist. Mm -hmm. But we also learn that he is potentially a rapist. A young woman named Hannah comes into OPA. She wants to meet with Olivia and talk about what she experienced in regards to him. And let's talk about that a little bit because while we were watching, I saw some similarities to certain people in real life. It, 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 I mean, I think they pulled it directly mm -hmm. from directly news. I mean, from there, the news. There, yeah, there was no subtlety, I think, with the with the inference and or the reference. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's really get into it because later on we were introduced to uh, a lot of the other women who he potentially raped as well. We saw what was going on behind the scenes as far as them trying to figure out how they were going to work the case because a lot of times in rape cases or any case involving a woman and, and going up against what a man says, you find that sometimes the only argument is they probably won't believe you, so we got to really come with this. So what do we think about um, this week's I, 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 I thought that what you said, the setup was spot on, but I'm actually going to take it one step further. I think that it also is ironic how they took the, the juxtaposition that his public persona was that he was a feminist or I think that Quinn said he is actually in fact God's gift to women that he has he has arguably um raised the equality level for women domestically as well as internationally I th I thought that that was very telling how they juxtapose that against not only the backdrop that he is a potential rapist but not only is it normal for people not to believe rape victims, but that the presumption would always be that these young girls, because of the, his position, were throwing themselves at him. Mm. That not only was it implausible or impossible for someone to believe that a man who had the 
public slash professional persona of being pro-woman could in any way do something so vile. That's the first part. But secondarily that if, in fact, he did do anything wrong, the only thing he did wrong was cheat on his wife because, of course, these girls, that's what young women do when they have a crush on their professor. So I think that it kind of, in the midst of the storyline, they were playing on how we as a society are still very sexist in the standpoint that, okay, so there's that many women, but we still are like, oh, but they're just making it up. Now, do you really think all those women were attracted and throwing themselves at that old prone looking man. Oh I mean, I totally agree with you, but I, I think that, and but I think that, I think that is actually what adds to the. I'm, I'm trying to find the word. That's that's the irony of what goes on in real life, though. Does it make sense? Because people always say that somehow, and if you again, it it's 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 it was subtle, but they were also making a juxtaposition to the earlier storyline with Olivia and Fitz. That, again, that it was Olivia that was the seductress. Whenever that doesn't work in their plan for a man just to be a man and a woman kind of is going a step further, then what do we do? We then turn the table on the woman. So if we can't get by with simply calling her a whore or loose or something along those lines and we have to take it one step further, we need to say that she's a liar. She's a plagiarist. She was, you know, trying to get a better grade. She was trying to in some way use her body to get ahead because that's something that we somehow don't respect. So I'm glad you brought that up. We were introduced to his wife, oh, Frank's God. wife. And when we were introduced to her at first, she was the one who initially dropped the breadcrumbs about, hey, I, wasn't she the one who plagiarized? But then later on, we see when Olivia sat down with both of them and she was kind of breaking the news to the wife mm-hmm. saying, your husband's a rapist and he drugged these these women using your prescriptions. We then saw... And we had this monologue moment from the wife where she had complete mm. control over the situation. She even snapped at Frank when he was talking and was like, hey, shut up. Sophia, did no, you write down some of the quotes? I think I did. I think I did. Um, hold on one second. And while you're looking, this uh, and, and it's unfortunate that... Yeah. And once we sat down with the, once we had that, we saw the scene and sat down with Olivia. I was kind of like, oh, here we go. I kind of knew because if it's the same storyline that we're seeing mm-hmm. in the news, the wife they always kind of set the wife up as either she was naive and doesn't believe it, her husband mm-hmm. would never do such a mm-hmm. thing, or she was on board the whole time. So, I, I, it, it, no, go ahead, Ben. I would just say this really quick. Um, as as far as the the wife is concerned, I felt sorry for her for about. 25 seconds only because of what she's gone through or some of the things that she's had to go through just as women in general for back in those days um, about how you know that is true how women couldn't get a credit card back in in the, the 60s or so I, I just had a moment where I, I felt bad for her because she's um I need to cut you off on purpose what's up um I would feel bad for her if she said that monologue and she ch- she stole the cookie from the cookie jar I would feel bad for her if what she did was she plagiarized. I would feel bad for her if what she did was tried to get a job or steal a job from someone. I will not feel bad for her because she was an actual accessory, not after the fact, but before the fact, and complicit in repeatedly allowing her husband to be a serial rapist. I don't give two rats asses what credit card you couldn't get. I don't give two rats asses that in 1973 only 8.5% of women literally had a degree. I don't care that your man your your dad said 
oh, when you graduated, oh, what, you're trying to pretend to be a man. When you literally facilitated your husband raping women. Well, she said, my husband has created quite a legacy. It's my job to defend it. So, you know, there we have it, a situation where the wife feels like because this man came in and he did so much for women and he even did so much for me and he built this legacy that it's my job uh, I, I, to protect it. Yeah, no, that's she's she's off. But not only that, though, I think also, too, and I know this is not where they're going, so I'm not going to go down this line too far, but I think also what we forget is that a lot of people who are spokespersons for causes may not give two shits about the cause. That's right. It's the thing that got you light. Think about it. Just in the same way like a little kid. When you're a little kid and if you bounce a ball real good, what happens? Ooh, you can play basketball, so you play basketball. It doesn't necessarily mean that was your love. When you're a little kid and you're smart, people go, okay, cool. You're smart, then you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. And you go, ooh, this makes me special. I'm going to study because that potentially makes me special. There obviously was a time, probably as a writer, that he wrote something and impressed some woman. And someone was like, oh, my God, you understand the feminine experience. And he goes, ooh. Ding, 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 ding. That's my ticket. That's my ticket in. It doesn't mean then then because he does all of those things that personally he cares. Because it's almost like he's a celebrity in that world. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to, and I think this is like glaringly what they were trying to have this conversation with us. And again, against the same backdrop of Fitz, having an affair does not make him not a good guy. So what they're really saying is the public and the private have absolutely nothing to do with one another. That just because someone literally champions causes doesn't actually mean that they actually, A, like people or even care about the cause that they're championing. And does it potentially bring up the idea that people need to be able to separate the work from the man and you, people need to recognize that he, he still did all of these things for these women, but he still is a dirtbag as a man. Yes, and I, but I think this is also the difference, too, is I think that, and this is going to sound weird, but I'm not a fan of when people say, like, even when the wife said, do you know how many women have careers because of him? F you. I had a career because I worked hard. And the only reason, theoretically, I would not have a career is actually because of sexism. Do you know what I'm going to say? You giving me a, a, an opportunity because of what it really is, is that a man sanctioned you and said, oh, you're good enough, which is really another level of sexism. Just because he did that, I should not be beholden to him. I should not be beholden to him to the extent that it then excuses his behavior. Does that make sense? So I think it's a very fine line. Yes, there's a difference if what we're talking about is you may curse when you're at home versus criminal activity, especially criminal activity of that vile and reprehensible nature. I think it does, in fact, wipe out your legacy. The things that stand are the things that stand. So the other women who now have careers, they still have careers, and that, to me, can't be ta- you can't take that away from them. But your legacy... A hundred percent. There are certain things that it's so factor, the thing speaks for itself, then you're you're a dirtbag and you're a criminal and it literally can make everything null and void. Not the other people who were not complicit in your activity. That's a slight difference. And that's, I think, where it gets a little bit tricky. Mm. So we 
feel we felt during the episode that there was going to be no justice for the women that he raped mm-hmm. because we were I introduced. Never felt to, that. Well, you know, they oh, kind of set it up. Oh, they kind of set it didn't. up that way as if it was. I know I kind of felt that way at one point where it was like, mm-hmm. oh well, these women can't say anything because he has such a big reputation, really? and you know yeah, what I happens did. because I'm talking you know what happens when the victim weird. comes uh, comes and forward. In a weird way, it would have been a weird. It would have been a weird evolution for the show because I'm not saying that we've seen this storyline before, but there's a certain aspect that we've seen this storyline before. So I thought they were going to take it somewhere else that there is an opportunity where Olivia actually didn't win now this is the only I don't use this name too often because you know she's who she you know because she's not everything of the show but fucking Shonda Rhimes I mean come on I just not for a second thought that yeah. the women were not I just that they I wouldn't come out on top yeah sorry go ahead and how they kind of came out on top is all of the women got together Olivia came up with the idea when she was at OPA kind of you know sitting with Marcus at the very end and all of the women who were uh, abused sexually assaulted by Frank came down while he was lecturing uh, giving a lecture they all stood in front while he was still reading by the way and we learned that that is when they shared stories about what had happened to them, how it was similar, and now the story is out and potentially we have justice in some way for some of the victims. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that at all. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot. And even Sophie was like, oh, shoot, when they were walking mm-hmm. into into the lecture hall. That was good. I, I like that. Yeah, that, that was really good. I didn't predict that, but that man was not going to get off easy. Good. Get get him out of here. So, <laughs> we have Lizzie and David throughout all of this. Lizzie was offered an interview on Sally Langston's show where she uses the tagline, let freedom ring. I love Sally. Me too. <laughs> but, throughout the episode, everybody was scared about Lizzie and what she was potentially going to say. When they found out she was doing the interview, everybody was like, oh, what is she going to say? They tried to stop it. They got David involved to try to say that she was uh, giving up national security information. So, let's talk about their interaction because we see later that it leads to some some little you-know-who. But, and initially, David calls her into the office, they sit down, and then they have a back and forth. Did you think, like, what did y'all think about the back and forth? Because... I mean, I have, a, I have a tendency and just jump in whenever you want, bam. I have a tendency, I mean, I think everyone probably who listens or watches our show knows that I probably scream at the TV for the full 44 minutes of the show. Um, so I immediately screamed and I was like, security! Like, national security! Confidentiality! Because I really was, like, <laughs> screaming. I was like, I was like, it's so unfortunate that you have all of these lawyers not shoring up their house. You know what I mean? Like, I know that Lizzie got the chief of staff job through duplicitous ways and so forth and so on. But still, like, I do think that there has to be some type of non-disclosure when you work in the White House. You can't just work in the White House and then leave tomorrow and be like, I'm going to spill all the tea. Like, Mm -hmm. that does seem like a national security risk. Um, I thought that it was excellent, uh, Lizzie's retort. Like, the way that she basically was like, uh, yeah, no, that's first year law school. And he's like, you went to law school? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, where did you go? And she was like, Stanford. And he's like, oh, we're not going to play that game, which means you didn't go to somewhere that's better than Stanford. Mm -hmm. Which is obviously, like, what, two or three other law schools whatever anywho I really did like that back and forth um but what I was also thinking and I'm amazed that no one came from this perspective 
Part of me is like, yo, spin the story. Literally make it so that no one would hire her. Who would now hire her? Think about it. You were the chief of staff for the president, and after this ordeal, you go on TV and you spill all of his business. Would you want to hire her? I wouldn't. I would spin that. I would literally spin on it. It basically would be like, it is unfortunate that someone has so little professionalism that they think that it... Do you know what I mean? I would have spin it that way. I like... No, actually, I don't like how they how, how they spun it. I don't like that the end is that she, she's for staff for uh, the VP. Actually, I don't like that. I really feel like they could have squashed her. And part of me is this whole not kind of getting rid of your enemies is to me getting a little old. Well, my question is, why are they keeping her character around like this? <sighs> Thank you. Well, not even because- saying, because I like I like her, yes, but it's, it seems like they're just like spaghetti when you throw spaghetti at the wall it seems like they're just they're just trying to throw her at somebody and 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 make it and make her stick go ahead bam bam has his hand raised come on because if she's on there then the cast members can be on the Ellen DeGeneres show I'm sorry they can be on on regardless they can be on without her yeah scandal still is like a ratings hit if any of the cast members are on any show yeah I don't think that I don't I don't think that's a reason well, you know what? Let us know. Yeah. Let us know. If you're in the chat room right now, make sure that you stop and you give us a thumbs up. Let us know if you think that Lizzie Bear's storyline is so that uh, the cast can go on her wife's show. <laughs> or do you think that Lizzie Bear is on the show to move a particular storyline um, uh, forward? So make sure to give us a thumbs up on YouTube if you are watching live. And if you are watching on iTunes, make sure to stop, rate, five stars leave a comment we always read all of your comments so leave a comment on itunes tell a friend again rate comment subscribe and that's it so we see that this is playing out to be a david and lizzie beer now i wasn't expecting this Mm -hmm. i was sophia was she called it sophia is like she's like a writer for the show because she knows (laughs) every thing that's about to happen we were watching and when they were getting in each other's face I thought that he and a part of him because we saw the earlier standoff would not standoff but mm-hmm. interaction between him and the VP Sit which down. we'll talk about later <laughs> I was like oh no he doesn't like her he's not feeling her because she's a little too she's too arrogant and she just she you mean like Abby mm. But this one is different. I she, agree, but she, he does kind of like arrogant, the, but, but, but he kind of likes some spicy though. Abby it, was crazy. You remember she showed up in his shower yeah. and, and came <laughs> in when he was in the bathroom. So I wasn't expecting that. It seems like they are forcing her to stay on this show and giving this woman a storyline when she needs to be gone. They have not interacted the whole how many times have they interacted? But you know this nah, is, yeah, that's No, true. no, I agree with you. But you know mm-hmm. what I think this is is and I and I've been trying to be really good about this season and kind of not nitpick and kind of try to enjoy kind of scandal similar to like mm-hmm. season one and season two, but I kinda of have to say this. I think that I don't necessarily have a problem with her. I do have a problem with the size of this cast. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Before season one and season two the cast was really just the main players of the White House, which were Fitz, Cyrus, and Melly, and then OPA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and David Rosen. That was a lot of people. Yeah, That's all it should ever really be. You should, yes, occasionally see the secretary for the, for the president. Yes, you should occasionally see a secret service like Tom. Yes, you should occasionally then also, obviously, whatever the scandal of the week, you should see those players, but there shouldn't actually be anyone else outside of OPA or outside of the White House and then the Trinity which is David Rosen mm. that literally has any semblance of a storyline that goes beyond a single episode arc I agree 
So I think that's the problem. It's starting to get a little bit too convoluted when arguably those three things that I listed are really the only things that we care about. And the only reason David is there is because he's almost the marriage between the two. But it's really all we care about is OPA and the White House. Yeah, I just, I didn't particularly like the story. I liked where uh, the vice president, you know, she's flirting with David. I like that. And I, we see where that was potentially going. And now Lizzie get, I don't like it. So I said all I have to say. Well, we saw the VP show up with her wine coolers, bless her heart. <laughs> and she <laughs> was all nervous. She was nervous and, and which was disappointing because I was like, Oh shoot, look at her trying to get her little groove back. She's a single mom. Mm-hmm. Her husband, I believe, didn't he pass away yes. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she you know, she found somebody that she could connect with. He's mm-hmm. kinda quirky like her. So I liked where I thought that was going. But real quick, do we think that Liz is sleeping with David because she's genuinely attracted to him, or do we just think she's playing the hell out of she's him? She's playing the hell out of him because she's two faced. No, she's four faced. How about that? Because <laughs> she's with Ab- she's with Abby, um, you know, out out there, and she gives her a book or whatever, and now they're acting like good friends. And then when she's with David, she talks about how she can't stand. You know, she made some kind of comment about her red face or red hair. She is she is four faced and. I don't trust her intentions. She says she didn't like him. She was a, he was a troll. I mean, I know normally when you're a teenager, you say things like that to people that you that you like. But she's a fucking grown woman. She's a grown woman. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So let's just see where that plays out. Because again, a part of me, I think even when they were interacting, I was like, they're not going to kiss. They don't like each other. I don't think Lizzie likes David. I just think that when you're, it's a power, it was a power movement when she was like, sit down and she made him yeah. sit down. I think it was all about the power. I don't think it was about her really being like, yo, I'm trying to, I really feeling David. And but what's the difference? What, no, between no. liking somebody and a power R- move? Because, okay, because I think, I think this, I'm going to sound like a cornball. Like is like kindergarten. They're not kindergartners. They're grownups. So there's a certain aspect of sex with grown-ups that's about power. Yes, it's about power, but it can be about power and about having a genuine a genuine interest in somebody or no. it can just be you being out here in these streets and right. you trying to and you trying to just get something. Right, true. Not but even get something pleasure. No, but the, the pleasure but the pleasure is but the pleasure is the power play. So you're they, using they, No, 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 because how am I going to try to keep this PC um or PG? The desire comes from the position of dominance. So here, think about it. They're two equally powerful people, right? So literally, previously, he was the one reading her down, right? So he was being the alpha and asserting his dominance on her, right? And she basically had to leave and was like, well, I'm going to get up now and you're not going to stop me, okay? Fast forward. She then comes back in and then basically he gets to, she gets to change the scenario on him because she basically is like oh I got a new job so he's kind of like oh I see you before I was dominant now you are dominant I also respect that because I respect power the way they were circling each other was like how animals circle each other I don't like you the posturing the whatever and her basically saying say you like me that was turning her on. So and what? So was she asserting her dominance because only for power and an advantage to her, or was she asserting her power because she has a genuine interest not, in David not, as the man? No, 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 not a genuine interest in David the man. Again, I think we're taking it way too serious. It's purely lust based, meaning it doesn't necessarily need to be 
be power in the strategic where she's thinking about the next move like if I can control David and he's the attorney general then I'm gonna get what I want or whatever 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 I'm not saying that she's not doing that but what I'm saying is in the energy in the room they were sparring for some people that sparring that fighting is foreplay Okay. That's literally what they had, and then that's why it culminated in the way that it was. So you don't I, think she did it? You think it was genuine lust? You don't think she did it because she's trying to take advantage I'm, I'm of saying, David? I'm saying that that's separate and distinct, so I, I yeah. can't not uh, argue that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that it's still in the moment. It was pure lust because they had already been doing foreplay. They had already been sparring, and now they were going to culminate that and I get think, it on. I think Lizzie was more so doing the foreplay, and David was just kind of going through the motion because, for me, I didn't feel any kind of... Um, he didn't seem interested. Oh, that's I mean, all. I thought he didn't like her. And I can I say something? From the minute she came back in the room, what was I screaming at the TV? I was like, they're going to get it on. You did say that. I, yeah, you yeah. Did say that. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's a lawyer thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lawyers, what y'all be doing behind Yo, the I, scenes? Yo, I don't, I'm not, I mean. What y'all be doing behind the sheets? <laughs> so, I don't know, because you know my name is really Sister Sophia, so I really wouldn't know. Not some real, it's hard in these streets. Hey, hey, hey. <sighs> so... <laughs> Real quick, before we continue on, make sure you guys tune into shows on our sister network, Black Hollywood Live. They have tons of shows talking about uh, news, pop culture, sports, entertainment, anything that may interest you about anything current events related. Black Hollywood Live, it's available on YouTube and iTunes as well, or at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, And... Let you know. Let them know what you think. They're probably everybody. There's a host. They they're probably on social media. Just hit them up and let them know what you guys think about the network. But again, Black Hollywood Live. Check them out. All right, and so now uh, let's now break down Liv and her three and uh, Liv and <sighs> and all of her encounters with uh, men. So now let's let me start with this. Okay, because <clears throat> J- she had a, a run in with Jake. Last week, somebody on our panel said they liked Jake, and this week he's up. So we, we, we <laughs> so Jake Olivia opens up the door, and she it was dark in there, and I initially thought that Papa Pope was gonna be in there being shady, but she said Dad, and it wasn't him, and it was Jake. They have an interesting interaction where. He started telling Olivia what he felt about her. Maybe it was the liquor talking. Maybe that's what he really felt. Or maybe he was really mourning the loss of his spy wife. But he, you know, he said some things. He said, and I wrote some stuff down. He. Okay, I have a confession. What? what, I have a confession. I don't like using this word, specifically given the nature of the show. The show has addressed the use of the B word. So I have a confession. I think that I called Jake Ballard the B word. Oh yeah, you. <laughs> at least twenty-seven times, because he is in fact the B word. And the reason that upsets me to say that is because, in some way, it is degrading towards women. So I'm going to create a new word. He is a loser. He is a whining, crying loser. No, no, oh my God. He killed my wife. Wait, wait, let he me killed the police. No, no. Let me bring up some of the stuff that he She's said. She's an effing spy, dude. No, no, no. Let me bring up some of the stuff he said because he did have some points for Miss Olivia Pope. He said, you preach about wearing some dumb white hat. Do you really not know who you are? He said that she was power hungry, which she is. She's entitled, which we've all have said. 
he ha- has actually said some of the things that we have said about Olivia. But, so is it do is the problem is the problem that he's saying this coming from a place of just saltiness because he doesn't like his situation, yeah. even though some of the stuff that he said is true. Okay, but again, it, exactly. It's exactly because it's coming from a place of saltiness, number one. Number two, and it, and it literally just dawned on me as you were talking. Again, it's the whole dog whistle politics. So effing what? That's exactly how she's supposed to be. Again, if we were talking about a president or if we were talking about a powerful white man, none of those adjectives would be... Let me calm down. Sorry. And then, none oh. of those adjectives would be used in a negative manner. She was bred to be this way. She went to the top schools, in the top boarding schools, to law school. What lawyer... And I'm not trying to talk negatively about lawyers. I went to law school. What lawyer isn't power hungry? That's why we go to law school. What person does not want to be entitled to think that they could do anything they want if, in fact, they work hard, which she has. She has all of the degrees. She has all of the experience. She built her own business. And to be power hungry or, or, or like, power mongering, she lives and works in the nation's capital. Everyone who has chosen to live in the nation's capital, who has anything to do with politics, wants to rule or control the world. So you're just mad because you actually bought the pill that Papa Pope sold you that you were the golden child, that you were the son. And you now realize Olivia has always been and will always be the son with which everyone revolves around. Get over yourself, dude, and, and get the f out of my house. And also, let me let me let me just uh, let me just tag team uh, really quick on Jake, uh, bitch. That's why you like her for oh! those same reasons. Number oh! one, number. Oh! N- n- number, oh my god number number two oh my god. you are just as power hungry and controlling because at one point you were ahead you were in charge of B613 uh, uh, B, B uh, and w- what's the you fir- were coming in and what's the first thing that you did you tried to get rid of fit to your competitors so bitch sit down and shut now up let me defend oh. let me defend this real quick because there's one thing to be to be there's one thing to be confident in who you are and to have a sense of entitlement because you've earned the things that you have and there's one thing to be power hungry but it's another thing to use all of those things for the the sole benefit of you at all times and when stuff doesn't go your way you always be like like you're the only one that ever matters because in that case Olivia has ran through all of her friends at some point (laughs) She has she has used everybody at OPA for her own personal benefit, and when things backfire, she always points the finger. Then like, why would you do something like that? Look at her interaction with Huck. Every time Huck does something that she wants, she always comes back. But why would you do this? Because you made me because of your selfishness. So again, so again, what was wrong with Jake? saying these things to her as if none of it was true. Okay, no, wait, no, no, wait, no, no, no. Because he wasn't saying it's not yeah, true. He was trying to talk her down. down like, he was literally yeah. trying to read her. So, the difference is, that's why she was like, get out of my house. You saying, you saying it, I don't have a problem with that, but I have you saying it in a way like that I should apologize for it. And then that he's I blaming her. Anyway, come, and, then, and then he's blaming her. Let me write down some notes. Let's keep talking. He, he's blaming her for the death of his wife. I don't know if my... The one I used to love killed the girl I love now, or the girl I love now killed the one I used to love. And you second know. of all, and, then, and second of all, just one more, uh, one other thing. If I have, you, you know, the friend I told you guys about that I don't want you to meet. Yeah, okay. which one? The one. Okay, <laughs> shoot. The reason um, you have friends that you know are certain ways. 
if you choose to be around that person, if you have somebody who's always asking or who who never who loses their wallet when mm-hmm. we go to the movies, mm-hmm. oh, can you spot me? Can you spot me? Can you yeah. spot me? But What's every- it? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool right. me twice, shame on you. Yeah. So then Olivia should have zero friends. That's no, but no, 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 that's, no, that's, that's, that's no, their no, choice everybody. because they benefit. That's and their that's choice. Everybody. No, they all because they, a they are all consciously there and they benefit. Yeah, they know the get down. The only difference is is that Jake for some split second because he was standing in the sun because Olivia is that good. Like literally, this episode, I was like, yes. No, this no, is why Olivia's Olivia that good. He believed it. He mm-hmm. literally was like, "Oh wait, no, wait I really wait. believe that this woman loved me, and maybe she's been playing me the whole time, and I really am p whooped." Does it make sense? Oh, and at that moment, P-W'd. he realized it because he. You know why he realized it? Because he still wants her, and that's what's worse. He literally tried to read her and still like tried to give her a kiss. You're a loser, dude. Pretty this like, is a why. Loser. Let me say this, and then we can move on because y'all know we getting heated in the studio. Yo. This is why I did not have a problem with this scene because okay. Olivia did the same thing to Edison, and we were re- reminded about last episode where she felt the need to read him down about some stuff that was actual, actually factual. Yeah. yeah, and she was wrong. And then she had to come back and. And, 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 because and he didn't sign up for that. Because he didn't sign up for that. Jake signed up for it. Jake went into this situation again from the very beginning, knowing all of the scenario. Edison is actually an innocent. He is a civilian in this. Jake is not a civilian. Like, Everybody man, no, can get no, it. No, Jake, man the F up. Like, you're not just some random dude. Yeah, just like Bam said, you used to be command. This whole whining and getting people killed, then maybe your girlfriend or, uh, excuse me, your wife shouldn't have come to D.C. and tried to kill my dad. And then also, anybody, she's trying no, to kill her own dad. It's no, no, no. It's in the she's whole family. To kill her I can talk. Dad. No, think about it. I can talk about my family. Like, think about it here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to kill I her dad. I can talk about Bam all I want, but please believe anyone else not on this panel tries to talk about Bam, I'll be like, yo, you yeah, can't be doing Bam that. Bam didn't try it's to kill in the us. Family. Bam didn't try to kill us. But let me say, <laughs> Bam didn't try to kill us. All me, bets are off. Yeah. That, that rule doesn't apply when people out here murking people in the street. Let me but Bam tried to kill us. If Bam tried to kill us, I'm talking about okay. Bam. But only, but only because, but only <laughs> Bam, because we I'm came for Rowan first, too. though. But think about it. We came for Rowan first. Rowan wasn't trying to kill nobody. No, it's because when everyone stepped out of the plan, think about it. Jake was under Rowan, and it was when he decided, oh, I want to be command? Well, then, of course, you have to die. Okay, let me say this. Say this, and then we go right. We go move on. I was going to say this. We got to go to When you have two people going toe to toe. I'm so mad I said he was nice last week. Can you guys tell? I'm so mad. When you have two people going in a ring together or basically reading each other, you can't come at Olivia and then not expect her to have a comeback and read. So She didn't read him. Yeah, she did. She said, get the fuck out. That's what I mean. That ain't a read. Sometimes... Sometimes all you need is a subtle. I be telling the flies that fly in, get the, get out, get out, <laughs> and uh, shoot them out. Okay, we got. This. Oh my let's, god! Let's go to oh my god! No way! Listen, you guys, are you yeah. yelling at the screen? Do you want to join this conversation? Do you need a podcast that isn't watered down? Well, make sure to check out our podcast, Happy Hour, a shot of conversation on iTunes, where we talk about everything you're not supposed to talk about, like sex, religion, and politics, or parlor tricks. Ooh! So again, check out Happy Hour on iTunes. Okay, now Cyrus and as far, okay the Cyrus and Olivia thing. Cyrus was upset because every time he comes in the office to to be with his best friend again, fucking Olivia is there just uh, in Hasn't the mix she of things. Always been there. She no, had, not no, like no, that. but not like okay. that. No, she, no, no. Okay. She was okay. even even. When, I called him the B word too. Yeah, because not like that. Even when she was leaving the office after her and Fitz had conversation, and then Jay came in. 
she was like, oh, what y'all talking about? She... She's no, been okay. this way ever since that. She, remember when she said, "Yes, I'm the mistress." Mm-hmm. As soon as she said mm-hmm. that, she was perched on top of the yeah. arm in the White I House and the yeah. Oval Office. And ever since she then, was so comfortable. She has not moved. She sure hasn't. Cyrus, tell now to Cyrus, Olivia is a little gnat. And before it seems, uh, and we see towards the end of the episode, he finally figured it out. But at first, it was like, "Yo, I just can't shake her." Like, why are you always here? And then later, we see what Cyrus was really thinking when he had the conversation with Olivia. But see, this is my problem with Cyrus because when Olivia wasn't in the White House, you were constantly bringing her into the White House, and now that she's mm-hmm. there, now you don't like her because now she's in the mix. Homeboy, you can't have it your way all the time. Cyrus. But no, but it's a difference. Let me ask you this: Is it, it a difference because when she wasn't there, she was chiming in to when? things actually needed to be done or when something was when it was at the very end now Olivia is basically fit but but do you but if but but if if she came in when help was needed don't you think if she's in the office sitting kicking it with her mumu dress on you don't think that she's not gonna insert herself more no, I don't think no, I would think that Fitz had a backbone and he was actually the president. No, but see what don't it is. No, no, but can I do you see what it is? And like I'm telling you, like this show, like I'm I'm t- like Shonda Rhimes and 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 Shonda Land, like they know what they're doing. What we have all done, and I'm not saying all of us, so I'm being I'm being a generalist, we've all under, underestimated her. Remember when there was the episodes where they were calling her the help? We have all underestimated her. And basically what... No, think about it. What happened is you allowed someone who you thought would have the least access to the White House, a black woman, basically got in through the side door, which is how she came in, and everyone allowed her into everything. Everyone spilled all of their deepest, darkest secrets, and everyone completely aligned their success with her meaning everyone needed Olivia did they really not think then that means basically now is everyone needs me and I have everyone's <clears throat> secrets that I hold all the cards and therefore I have all the power that's what happened and that's why she released the one thing that could hold her back which was that she was his mistress in that move what she did is she still is holding on to everyone's secrets everyone's everything she no longer has this and purely now is in the power place because they never saw her coming but do you think she knew this before Cyrus told her that and was the funny she thing is, aware of it yes, she, the funny thing is and this is going to sound weird she wasn't but this is going to sound weird she was aware of it in her genetic code unconsciously. Mm. Was she consciously? No. So was she consciously saying, move one, sleep with Fitz. Move two, make him love me. Yeah. Move three, mess up Melly. She wasn't doing all of that. But intrinsically kind of, you know how everyone has like a, that little, that little um, dream in their heart that it's like, you know that there's something that you need to do or that you're supposed to be, but it hasn't yet materialized. That's what it was. <clears throat> And I think in that moment, he literally, and he being Cyrus, he put words to her dream. He put words. It's almost as if it's like a genetic marker that when he said it, it was like an audio cue. And, and the it, audio cue was like, ding. And then she realized. And let me say one quick. stepped into it. What he said. Happy and content men don't run the world. He's not the president anymore. You are. You're jealous. You're mad. So what? But... <laughs> But he, at that point now, let me ask you, yes. because when she when this first was happening, I was like, yeah, Cyrus, is he's jealous, he's getting mad. But when he had that conversation, in my opinion, it switched from jealous and mad to, oh, shoot, I see what you did. I see yeah, you. It was completely. like, I see, cause, oh, completely. Because Cyrus, he's yeah. a chess player as well. Yes. To him, it was like, oh, so I, the student versus the master, he's, he's yeah. now seen what Olivia is capable of. But this is my my other question. 
do you think now that he looks at Fitz as less than what he originally thought Fitz was? Completely. Because at that very moment. Yes. Yes, it was both. It was both that he saw her and then he realized that Fitz was never a viable advocate. Does that make sense? That Fitz literally had no chance. That from the very beginning, he possibly could have saw Fitz as like a knight. He never saw Fitz as the king. Mm-hmm. He may have saw him as a knight and he realized, no, he's always been a pawn. My question, next question. What is Fitz's purpose? He's, he's, no, and I know exactly what he is. He's, <laughs> he's the puppet. He is a public persona because there's still a way in which we like information presented. We still, because, and that's why they started the episode with with Fitz giving the press conference. No one else other than Fitzgerald Grant III could stand up in front of the entire American population and literally give a speech about basically how he cheated on his wife and basically almost got impeached and come out of it a better president. Having everyone go, the president won today. He literally, he was that great. And everyone is like, okay, cool. We bought it. We're totally cool. He's divorcing his wife. He's now with the woman he always loves. And he's cool. And that's why even the way in which Olivia came in the room and he's like, oh my God, I've had such a bad day. I can't believe I'm still doing this. The way he was rambling it off seemed like some random person at a random job, not like the president. Think about it. Even the way he was complaining. Dude, um... I kind of expect that the president is going to work after 6.30. I kind of expect the president's going to have a lot to do, especially given the fact that you were taking out of your time hanging out with your mistress. Mm. So in that moment, I think you really saw it. And not only did you see it, because the way that they brought down the tonality and made him almost inaudible, the way in which he was able to fire back, it really is saying that like he's probably using 90% of his brain capacity and Olivia's probably using 1%. <laughs> and you know, seriously, because that's what that was. Like, she came off like a robot. Even at 1%, she could basically be like, do this and do that and whatever. And he's like, but I have a meeting. No, change the meeting to this. There's too many chefs in the kitchen. Blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. As she's still drinking her drink, as she's probably thinking, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Because I always look fly. I don't know if they're curling my hair too tight or not. Like, she's literally on a completely different level. And I feel like in this episode, that's what we saw. Or in my say we, I really mean me. And that's why you can tell I'm am. I, Sophia Stanley, have 100% underestimated the Olivia Pope. No, and she just definitely like, at the end. She it definitely she's, was a she's, boss Rowan's, she's Rowan's daughter. Yeah. And, and if not only Rowan's daughter, he's his prodigy, meaning he's she's a better version. That's what each generation is. Is a better, more evolved version of their parents. Well, and also... <laughs> We I'm under, sorry, I'm we, so hype, y'all. We underestimated her because... <laughs> I don't know what happens to me sometimes. Because of all what she was going through. We knew she was mm-hmm. capable of all doing these things, but she had stumbling blocks, and now that those blocks... Uh, don't you, scared. Yeah. Now, but let me pose this. Yes. Because we do see when she was in the in the Oval Office with Fitz making these decisions and talking <clears> it through, she did pick up the brown water. She's a shady yeah. Shaniqua for that one. Yeah. yeah. Why she, is she shady? Yeah. Because... It's foreshadowing. It was because... The the only times that we see we've seen people in that office mm-hmm. drinking on the brown water or the hen mm-hmm. in that manner, it okay. usually uh, puts them in a, on a darker side. Yeah. It kind of puts them on a Completely. on a slippery slope. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now that she had this conversation with Cyrus, now that she now is in her own head thinking about this stuff, and now that once that has happened, she picked up the brown water and is calling out the shots like on an absolute level. And because she's Rowan's daughter and Maya's daughter, mm-hmm. do we think now this power is going go to go to her head in a bad way? Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know, you notice you notice the over um, the over the head shot of her standing yeah. with the with the brown glass on the seal, yeah. standing on the presidential seal yeah. while her man was perched on the couch. Yeah, it was totally like they switched positions. And and it also shows that she's even no longer pretending with him because normally she she finagles, she waits for him to ask for her opinion. Mm. She was like, "Oh, I don't need to do that no more." Because she's won. She 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 got more than a ring. Yeah, that, sure that's did. what's amazing. The way that Cyrus broke it down, like you can come and go as you please. It's what I was saying last week. She literally is like, "Yeah, this suburban white picket fence." She's like, "That's for the birds." No disrespect. But she was like, yo, I'm not on that. I'm on a whole nother level of power. And my power would be diminished by me becoming the wife and the first lady. But this position? Think about it. She's a mistress. She can do whatever she wants. There's nothing that anyone can ever say to her negatively that's worse than when they used to call her the mistress and the and the president's whore and all that other kind of stuff like that. She's won. Yeah, and you can tell that she's... Be calling her a drunk soon. Keep talking. You can about. tell she's had enough of everybody. Yeah. She's tired of everybody's shit because she rolled her neck twice. Yeah. And again, it's symbolic of even though I was dissing the 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 um the the writer's um wife when she was like like, do you know how many women had a degree at that point? 8.5%. Which does, in fact, mean that you are probably the top 8.5% of the country, regardless of gender. In that moment, you saw Olivia take all of her power as a woman. And she was like, yeah. She's like, why is Fritz a, Fitz the president? Because he's a white man. It's not that simple, but that's why we're okay with it. It fits within our normal archetype of what we think a president to be, especially as it relates to on TV. So basically, she was like, yeah, I'm not having that no more. So even the way she was talking to him was different. Because she now, I think, no longer respects him. And that's going to get scary. Also, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I yes, do believe, I said what I, I said. I do believe she... I said what I, I do believe said. she respects him. No, no, no. But wait, we, man, why do you think okay. she still respects him? But we're really running out of time. Do you, can, can I go? Now, say this same yes. real quick. Cause we, I, I, think she, I think she does have respect, but I just think that she knows the position that she's in. You remember... She helped get this man into the White House because he never deserved to be there, and he's always needed her help. So now that she's in the position, she's going to do what she has to do, but it doesn't mean that she doesn't respect him. No, I think that before she really thought they were partners, and now she realized he's not worthy of being her partner. And that's literally, think about it, the way they used to speak to each other was a back and forth. That wasn't a back and forth. That was giving orders. She was definitely, that was a one-sided conversation, her telling what to do. I'm not saying that Olivia does not love Fitz. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I do, I'm not saying that she doesn't respect him as a man, but as the office of the president from a professional, like, edging up on one another, no. In that moment, she asserted basically that she, in essence, she runs everything. She runs everything, she's always run everything, and she came to that conclusion in that moment. And that's why her entire demeanor, posture, dominance, even drinking the brown water, I think that Camelia's right that it's foreshadowing, but again, normally the only people we see drink the brown water are men in the office, or fits. So that was the symbolic, the fact, the way she poured it, that was her symbolically in every sense of the word, not only becoming president, but becoming the ruler of everything. And on that note, let's go into cold piece of the week. Cold piece of the week for Scandal, episode seven of season five goes to the boss, Olivia Pope. We just talked about it. We argued about it. We went back and forth. Thing, a lot of stuff happened during this episode. But at the very end, when Olivia realized her actual position, picked up the yak, 
and did what she had to do and called out all of the shots in the Oval Office, to me, that pretty much said right there that Olivia Pope is the boss. She may have not have realized her true power this whole time, but now she does, and we can't wait to see what happens. Cold Peace Ant goes to you guys for sticking by us always watching and tuning in. For those of you who are watching live, those of you in the chat room, shout out to you. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let us know who you think Cold Peace and Cold Peace Et should be. Hit all of us up. Hashtag Cold Peace. Hashtag Cold Peace Et. Alright guys, so let's go into predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. I have so many, but I'm not even. I'm just gonna enjoy. <laughs> like I don't. I don't even want to get in my own head. Like my head's reeling. So I, I'll probably like have a Twitter rant, like forty texts, like forty tweets tomorrow. So just warning. My only concern with scandal is it's getting so good again, and where we're going. I'm wondering how long was. I'm. I'm feeling as if we are nearing. The end of scandal. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So I'm just I'm worried. You know, uh, the the secret's out. Fifth term is almost up. Um, will we really watch this show if Melly's president uh, president of the United States? So I mm. I hope that at least we can go one more season after this. But I hope this is not the end. Hmm. I predict that when Emil comes back, he's going to keep all of us uh, at bay and chill and have us chilled out. What's that beeping? Okay. It's at the time. And we won't be turned up as bad because Emil is a calming spirit. He and really is. I missed him. That's why I was him. so am. So that makes sense. <laughs> we were yelling. <laughs> we'll bring it down. And we were fighting. So, that's my prediction. When Emil comes back, we won't fight anymore. (laughs) Guys, it's been a great night, great after show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let everybody know where they can find you on social media. You can find me on all social media at Van Merrickson. And also, uh, for you James Bond fans out there, there is a new video game called uh, James Bond World of Espionage. And I am a character. I play Agent Khalid. So, you guys, um, it's on all uh, Android and Apple devices so you can download James Bond World of Espionage and I am Agent Khalid. And when you're online make sure to check out our our podcast Happy Hour a shot of conversation available on iTunes and you can find all the information for Happy Hour at Happy Hour underscore TV. I'm Sophia Stanley at Sophia Stanley at the Sophia Stanley on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Canelia guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week same time same place. See you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 